0: Hello gang! Welcome back to another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. It is September 2023. Summer is over. We're into the fall. Every fall, you know, I hated high school. Hated university. Powered through. And yet, for whatever reason, every September, I still get a little bit nostalgic about like the idea of going back to school. Like I love looking out my apartment window and seeing all the little kids getting on the school bus and stuff. It's cute, it's like, its I like the aesthetics of it more than the practicality of it. So I had the idea and I pitched it to M, who unfortunately is not here this week due to personal illness, but I pitched the idea to M. I I said, hey, what if in the spirit of going back to school in the entire month of September, we try to make some new friends? Because we got our friends, we got our, our team of correspondents known as the Glitterati, we've hung out with Mayday a lot, we've partied with Val Pancakes, besties with Don but you can always use more friends in your friend circle so I said hey for the entire month of September we make a concerted effort to go find that dorky little wrestling fan sitting alone at the lunchroom table eating their uh, dunkaroos all by themselves and we say hey want to come sit with us
1: yes (laughs) a very accurate description of me
0: Nothing personal. Anybody who's a wrestling fan, 2023 is a dork.
1: So true. I'm kind of there.
0: I've got a video here. I can't always say you think. At least I thought of what I said. Every couple weeks. It's like this song is on repeat. I can't always you'd see. But you don't want to miss me. Because I am into a skeleton. And my blood is clean. This week I am joined by our new friend, Lizzie Flanagan.
1: Hello, I love new friends. I hate school as well.
0: Perfect. <laughs> hate school. Love wrestling. <laughs> the the Venn diagram is a perfect circle.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. How long you've been in wrestling? What uh, do you? What promotions do you watch? Where do you write?
1: I, okay, so I actually. Didn't really grow up a wrestling fan. My dad was a really big wrestling fan. Um, tried to get me and my sisters to watch. Um, but then my mom ended up banning it from the house because I, I was a kid during the attitude era. Um, so you can imagine why a mother would not want her young daughters to watch that. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't until, uh, like 2018, it was when the Golden Lovers reunited that I saw like, New Japan trending on Twitter, and I was like, What's this? <laughs> and then, uh, fell down the biggest rabbit hole ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really didn't watch WWE much. I was, um, New Japan. I remember the first wrestling show I went to live was Ring of Honor. Um, and then when AEW started, I was, I was all in huh, on that.
0: Okay, that's. Exactly the story of my co-host Am. L- literally, nice. <laughs> like found the adi- found wrestling during the Attitude era. Watched a little bit, despite like the rampant misogyny and guys at school telling her to suck it. Fell out of it because it was just like, you know what? Like this is not a space for women. And then came back to wrestling as an adult because of the Golden Lovers. It's it's funny.
1: My dad also. He wasn't really a big WWE guy either. I remember he really liked, um, the Von Eriks were like his favorites. And then NWA, like he loved like Dusty, um, and then ECW too, because he was, he grew up in Philly. So ECW was like his like all time favorite. Um, so then when, um, WWE bought ECW, he kind of fell out too. And then I was like, you want to watch New Japan? <laughs> And, and then
0: now he's back into it, too. So then when a promotion like AEW comes along featuring Kenny and the Bucks and all these people who wrestled in New Japan and wrestled in Ring of Honor, which was like my favorite promotion at the time, we enter this new promotion with like a lot of a lot of hope and a lot of like, wow. And they really talked a big game. In those early days, prior to the first pay-per-view and prior to Dynamite, they really talked about, like, our promotion is going to be so different. We're going to be more focused on this. There were rumors at the time that that their wrestlers were going to be unionized. That never happened. They made it seem like the women's division was going to be a real concerted focal point to differentiate them from how the women were being poorly treated, more or less. In WWE, they, they hyped up Britt Baker as being, like, one of the first signings. And so we I remember in the fall of 2019 going into the first Dynamite how excited women's wrestling fans were for AEW and what it was going to provide. And now we're coming up on 4 years of Dynamite next month and we just came out of the biggest wrestling show of all time and it feels like our like optimism level is at an all-time low.
1: Yeah. Very much so. Um it's I think they're they're far out of the honeymoon period now. So I think during that first year there is a lot of like don't get it together, like don't be so hard on them. It's a young company. Um, but then it's the the patience and goodwill has worn out. And now it's just uh we're tired.
0: It's been four years of only one women's match per week while Shows like NXT will deliver like three shows like Impact will do one or two every week. But even beyond that, it's like in the early days of AEW, they always had at least two women's matches per pay-per-view. Now we're down to one per pay-per-view. So it's like, not only are things not getting better, we're regressing.
1: Definitely. And the booking, I think, is um, worse than <laughs> the too. Yeah, we were talking about Cheetah a little bit before we started recording. And that I think it's it was just it just felt like a major slap in the face to like um for all AEW hypes up it's homegrown talent um to use Sheeta as a transitional champion between two ex uh, WWE stars you just felt very disrespectful to her um and like I Soraya also is a very controversial um person so that does not help at all either. Um, it just, it feels like a complete lack of caring on Tony Khan's part.
0: So we wanted to do this episode breaking down the AEW women's division this week, specifically because we just had all in, uh, note for our listeners, we're recording this prior to all out, but as of recording time right now, there's only the one women's match for all out, Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho for the TBS title. I think it's safe to assume stats just going to win clean or you know maybe the other outcasts get involved at ringside and willow takes them out or something but regardless i don't i assume chris retains i hope so (laughs) and that's about that so it's a frustrating state of being and yeah before we get into talking about like all the women and so per allelitewrestling.com there are 35 women on the AEW roster that's an insane amount of women. You wouldn't know. that. But... Yeah, like the first season of NWA, even Women of Honor, when they were in their prime, they had like seven women and they were doing okay. You know, they were utilizing those seven women well enough. AW is 35 and half of them... Okay, literally, okay. I'm a stats guy. Tons of stats. 35 women on the AEW roster. I looked it up. Only 12 of those women, so a third of them, have wrestled eight times on TV this year, meaning once a month. And this is a promotion with three weekly shows, right? So like every month we've got twelve. Yeah, kind of four. What's the fourth? Oh, Ring of Honor.
1: It's kind of Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's like a half show.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm trying to keep Ring of Honor separate from AEW for this episode, but you can't really because like they're so. It, ROH just has no identity, and there's so much like bleed over in certain ways, but not in other ways.
1: I saw somebody say that Ring of Honor is now AEW dark behind a paywall.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, ROH dark, and yeah, I don't know what that does for anybody. Okay, so yeah, 35 women on the roster. 12 of them have wrestled like once a month this year, which is one set of 12 episodes of TV. If I told you that only four women in AEW have appeared on 35 episodes of programming this year, basically one, once a week on TV, only four women, who would you think those four women are?
1: Oh, Brit? <laughs> uh, like, like, I, I kind of want to just say Brit and the Outcast.
0: That's it. The only the only women on the roster who have appeared at least once a week, on, like one out of three <laughs> episodes, this year, have been Britt Baker and the Outcasts Ruby, Tony, and Soraya. They've been the stars of AEW this year. This, this year in particular, Britt actually took a kind of a step back this year. She was playing like second fiddle to Jamie Hayter a lot. The main characters, the main story, the main focus in the women's division this year has been the Outcasts above everybody else. Yeah.
1: and Now even then, I'm. I'm not sure what their direction is because you have Tony Storm with this new gimmick that clashes <laughs> very much with the outcast uh aesthetic. So I don't know if they're gonna have them break it up. Um you would think that they if they were gonna do that, it would have been an all in. And I thought that that it was, but then all of a sudden next week on Dynamite, Tony Storm was like kind of forgiving. <laughs> so I just I don't I don't think even they know what's happening.
0: I believe they're teaming in a trio's tag on Collision tonight. So presumably that should further something in some way. But it's so hard to say with the outcast because it's been months and months and months of just kind of the same thing every week, right? The same shtick, which is outside interference, spray paint, steal the win, that sort of thing. There hasn't been any real like development of that. At one point they were fighting with Britt and Jamie. Then another point they are fighting with Willow and Sky Blue. And... We kept thinking on our side that this is building to like a blood and guts match, originals versus, um, you know, Outcasts. You throw Athena in with the Outcasts, you throw Mercedes Martinez or Serena deep with them, and boom, you have five people there, and you do something with that. That never came about. We don't know how much of these plans have changed because of Jamie Hader's injury. And it's clear that Tony Khan is not the quickest on his feet when it comes to like a wrench being thrown in. Plans like often when a story gets diverted because of an injury, he seems to really flounder, not know how to how to recover. Yeah,
1: definitely. I feel like a lot of Tony Khan this year has been floundering.
0: <laughs> well, and one might argue that for somebody who's only been a wrestling promoter for four years, maybe they shouldn't be single-handedly writing through four, five, six and a half hours of content every week. That might be a lot for one Real person. surprised he is.
1: Like, I would have thought that by now he would have handed off the booking of ROH to, like, Brian Danielson. Um, or even, like, Nigel. It's not like, someone who's, like, a veteran and has been in Ring of Honor and gets why it became so popular. Um, but instead he's trying to keep all of his action figures to himself it's it's just a big like it really feels like we're watching someone play with Barbies, <laughs> they'd, and they've lost the plot. It's it's
0: just a mess. So thirty five women on the roster, the face of the AEW women's division this year has been Tony Storm. Nobody has appeared on more episodes of TV than Tony. Nobody has wrestled more matches on TV than Tony. She's wrestled twenty matches this year on TV and pay per view, which is basically like one or, tw- yeah, basically twice a month on TV and pay-per-view. And she's been the center point of everything. And even now, it still remains that way. Soraya was sick this week, but, you know, coming out of the pay-per-view, it's Tony who gets the promo time and who gets, like, a backstage interview. The new champ Soraya is nowhere to be found. Former champ Hikaru is nowhere to be found. It's, it's all eyes still on Tony. Then second yeah, is Ruby Soho, who's, like, has the second most matches this year at seventeen, and then you got Surreya who's right up there with them as well. So the Outcasts really like the main main characters.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's for the best or not. <laughs> trying to hide my bias because I'm not really sold on um, Surreya or Tony even as like individuals. I think Tony's a good wrestler. Um, I just don't. No, she's the caliber to like carry a division you know but also i don't think brita's i don't i don't know if anyone is <laughs>
0: besides like cheetah so we got the outcasts and then who have been heels up to this point and then arguably our top baby face in the whims division is hikaru shida because for all of their faults with the way they book shida which is like you know she disappears for large of time they don't give her enough promo time because like she's not super fluent in English although easily you do a promo with subtitles that's that's not rocket science. Despite all the issues with the way they booked Sheeta, she has always been fairly protected she has one of the best records in the history of AEW I want to say like only behind Jade Carville and Soraya who's only had like nine matches and fans love her. Workweight enthusiasts love her. Casuals love her. You know, she's got great looks. She's, like, great in the ring. She carries around her little kendo stick, which is fun. So, August 2nd on Dynamite, Sheeta beats Tony Storm to become women's champion. And people love this because we're like, great. Now she gets to have, like, a reign as champion in front of a live crowd. Last time she was champ. It was during the COVID era. It was empty arenas. She never really got appreciated that way. Now she's the champ heading into Wembley. This is amazing. I can't wait to see Sheeta's long, meaningful title reign and she loses it 25 uh, days later.
1: Is that the shortest women's title reign you ever had? I'm assuming it is. No, because I, I, Sheeta also holds the record for longest uh, women's title reign. So, oh, a,
0: a girl who can do both. Yeah, longest reign at 372 days, shortest reign at 25 days.
1: Oh, my God. She's like the Lucha Bros in AAA. They have the longest title reign. It's like 500 days or something, and the shortest title reign was five minutes.
0: The thing with All all, all In for me, uh, that match was a mess, because I, you come into it, and we've got Sheeta and Britt as the babyfaces. We've got Tony and Soraya as the heels. Now the match becomes about Tony and Soraya, because Tony... Accidentally hits Soraya's mom in the crowd, and that's supposed to be like we're supposed to. I don't know. Soraya gets mad at her for that, although it was clearly an accident. And also, your mom's like a huge piece of crap. So like, hooray yeah. for getting Soraya senior getting clubbed in the face. Ruby comes out. Also, to she was sing. a wrestler too. Yeah, so she can take a forearm. It's not like yeah, it's not like you're hitting uh, Trent Beretta's mom in the face or something.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: That would be the biggest heel move ever. <laughs> so then, conflict. Things are breaking down between Tony and Soraya. Can they coexist? Ruby comes out to save Soraya from like getting her neck hurt again. Soraya spray paints Tony in the face and pins her to win the match. So, And then celebrates with her family and she's crying and sobbing. I did not know so what to we? take away from this. <laughs> I Yeah. Soraya's art. <laughs> Savia is like our new babyface hero now because she stood up for her mom. Although she cheated to win and turned on her friend over like a minor accident, is Tony like the Tony the babyface in the scenario because it was an accident that she hit her mom, and also she could have won the match if Ruby hadn't gotten in the way and prevented her from attacking Soraya? How are we supposed to feel about all this? And if this was the finish all along that you had planned? that things break down between them and Saraya gets a pin on Tony, why put the belt on Chita at all? Why not exactly. Why not have it Tony enter so as a... champ and lose the title?
1: Mm-hmm. That would have been way smoother. And it would have made more sense for the story. Yeah, I've, it just feels like... It feels, um... Poopy. <laughs> Trying not to curse or get too angry. Um, because, like, people are so excited to see Sheeta win and, like, get, like, the reign she deserves. Um, and then Tony Khan, the, the like, psych, like, and it just, it felt very, like, disrespectful to her as someone who's carried the women's division uh, through the pandemic. Like, she's very much, like, to me, she's, like, the John Moxley of the women's division. But John Moxley gets treated with respect. Um, and Sheeta is often treated like an afterthought
0: yeah he's on TV all the time even if he's not like in a meaningful like singles story right now they find something he's on TV he's wrestling takes he's mentoring Wheeler they're doing something with him she has been long periods but they're like eh, we don't really know what to do with her right now so we're just gonna take her off TV for three months and you wouldn't have that you know you wouldn't do that to, to a Danielson or to a Moxley unless they were like seriously injured, like Daniel is right now.
1: It's it's very frustrating. Because you can tell Tony Khan doesn't really care. Um, and doesn't put the, like enough thought into the women to like think about how to fit more than four of them on TV at a time.
0: Tony's got this new character direction that she's going in where she's playing like she's in Sunset Boulevard or something and she's like going mad. I like it. It's fun. It's campy, and that's always good for, like, when, you know, when you have limited TV time and only, like, one segment per week, one match per week, sometimes it helps to really go over the top with your character and with, like, your reactions to really just, like, uh, be most advantageous with that limited amount of screen time. So I like what Tony's doing. It seems clear that even if the outcasts remain together for another couple of weeks, the end is in sight. This is leading to, like, the three of them splitting up and probably feuding with each other. But then what does that mean? So All Out is you know, as we record this, All Out is tomorrow. Coming out of the all in match finish, you would think we should be getting Shida versus Swaya because Sheeta was never pinned to lose her title. I haven't heard anything about that. I don't think Shida was mentioned once on any of the T V program. No, no, wasn't she she was in like a trios take on Dynamite, right? Her Brit and Statlander beat Neither Rose, Marina Shafir, and Emi Sakura, but that was like you know it was whatever. It was just throw six women on the card, and there was yeah, a, it was, oh, a, there was we a, need a women's match, right? They teased they teased maybe a new feud between Britt and Shida, but again, it's like she 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 just lost the title and she was not involved in the finish, so she should be getting a title shot asap. Yeah,
1: that's the that's the trope. I don't think Tony Khan. Um, Or even, like, do Break Up the Outcast now and do um, Saria vs. Tony. But they're not doing that either.
0: (laughs) That's going to be dragged out to whatever the next big... I think they're doing something in October. Another big, like, pay-per-view or big event.
1: Are they doing Grand Slam in October?
0: They're doing one that they just took the name as an homage to somebody, and it's going to be the first time that they have run AW Wrestle Dream October 1st.
1: Oh my god, I completely, I thought I dreamed that. <laughs> the Antonio
0: uh, Inoki tribute show. That I would I would guess we get Sway versus Tony there, with Ruby as like at ringside in a, a neutral corner. Or hell, make her a special guest referee just for the kicks. That would be funny. And a spray paint is a legal <laughs> match.
1: Oh, the ring is, like, completely green by the... Like, I would like that. If they leave to, like, the outcast being, like, goofy. It's, just be, a, it's, especially it's a paintball Tony, match. Maybe, exactly. And maybe Tony Storm hates the spray paint now because she doesn't want it to get on her, like, silk little outfits. Like, you know? Like, just have her be, like, completely, like... I really also... I want her to drop a line... Or, like, she says something, like, Saraya went off-script, like, again, like she did before. And then Ruby looks at the camera and goes, she thinks wrestling is scripted. Like, just something stupid. (laughs) Like...
0: Sure, I'll take anything at this point.
1: Yeah. I love goofy wrestling,
0: also. Which is weird, because what got
1: me into wrestling was New Japan, and that's, like, the least um, scripted. But, like... Well, actually, no. I would say that the fact that it's not scripted makes it goofier because then the wrestlers have to think of their own promos, and it's a mess.
0: But yeah, I like... Yeah, I mean, New Japan is a company that's given us Toru Yano and just five guys.
1: My dad's obsessed. He loves Sonata so much. Um, and like, the, <laughs> when he became champ, we immediately got five guys. That, like, the uh, the burgers. He was like, We need to celebrate. It's <laughs> <was> like, okay. But <laughs> so yeah, he's he's having fun with um, even like we're watching Impact now because Sonata um was on it. I would watch for Trinity and then turn it off, if I'm honest, because I'd be like, I I don't care about the men in Impact. <laughs> but yeah, now it's it's fun though. I want Sonata in AEW. Not like signed. I just want them to be there.
0: So at the top of the women's division, we got we got uh, Shida, we got the Outcasts, and of course, we have Britt Baker. Like I said, she's taken more of a, a step back at the first part of the year, letting some other women get more screen time, most specifically Jamie Hayter. Now with Jamie out-injured, and Jamie's not expected to be back until February at the earliest. So we still got another four or five months without Jamie. they got to find something for Britt to do, because she is tony has been the face of AEW this year, but Britt's been the face of AEW as a whole. Like, she was one of the first women signed. She has wrestled the most televised matches of any woman in AEW history at 81. After that, she'd at 61. So, like, even her closest competition, she's wrestled 20 times more on TV and pay-per-view than her. She's appeared on 197 episodes of Dynamite and Rampage and Collision, followed by... Jade Cargo at 128 and Sheeta at 103. So again, almost twice as many episodes as Sheeta, twice as many as any other woman in AEW history. Britt Baker, face of the company. She feels a little direction this right now, which maybe this feud with Shida is, is that's the idea is to give her some more character work. But it's like she's still the wrestling dentist, but she doesn't go heavy into it like when she was feuding with like Big Swole and they're wrestling in the dentist office. She's kind of just like generic babyface Brit. What do you make of um what do you make of her? Of uh babyface Brit? Does she need to turn heel again in order to like really find her footing, or do they just need to give her like some like something to really sink her teeth into? Uh, I like the teeth joke.
1: Um I think I remember twenty nineteen Brit, um It was just hard to get behind her because you couldn't see much. Um, Because it's like she wasn't all that great in the ring yet. Um, And her personality was really just like, I love AEW and I'm also a dentist. And it was like, okay, great. But what else? Like, you know, um, and then I think when she turned heel during the pandemic, that's when she really hit her hot streak. Um, Because she had like the role model gimmick. And like she was injured, but she was still like in segments and she was making the most of her time. And that's when people really started to rally behind her. Um, and now I'm worried that with the baby face turn, she's going to fall into the same trap uh, that she did in 2019, where she doesn't really know how to be a baby face. So she just kind of smiles and does her chant and says, like, I'm going to get you. On Friday on rampage, and it's like, well, what', what like I don't know it's it's also she's not like some people are natural baby faces, like Riho, I think, doesn't really need to convince people she's a baby face because she's just naturally likable um and Britt, I think uh, struggles a bit more in that regard, so I kind of think they should keep her heel, but then also, if they're not gonna push any baby faces, <laughs> you kind of need someone in that slot um, it's i I'd f- <laughs> ideally, willow would be the baby face, like Willow Sky blue, and cheetah um but they're not showing any intent of pushing them, so then maybe you do need Brit as the baby face, and she just uh. We'll get some development, but I don't I don't know.
0: It's it's a lot of like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the whims It's hard to predict things in the women's division because you don't know if anything's going to lead to anything, or not. Right? If the outcast you implode, one of them's got at least one of them's got to turn face. At least one of them's got to stay heel. And what does that mean for the rest of the pecking order behind them? If we get a Brit. Versus Sheeta feud, like they seem to be teasing this week, Britt's got to be like the heel, the more heel ish of the two in that feud. You're not turning Sheeta. That would be nonsense.
1: No, I don't think anyone would buy that.
0: I think people would cheer her. You know, if she's like making mean faces and clubbing Britt with her kendo stick, people would be like, hell yeah, get it.
1: It would be very much Becky, quote, turning heel on Charlotte.
0: Yeah, almost mirror images. Like people would just be like, yeah. So that, that is kind of like our main event scene of the women, more or less. You got Brit and Jamie, you got Sheeta, you got the Outcast. Those are like the top featured players who appear regularly and get a lot of screen time. Then we've got our TBS champion, Chris Statlander. She's no longer an alien. She is just, uh, just a regular old human now. She's normal. They haven't the TBS championship is weird like it's it's a mid-card title i guess right just just based on the nomenclature alone one is called the AEW women's world championship the other is called the TBS championship like one just sounds lower prestigious <laughs> yeah and when Jade was holding it, it kind of made sense because they like, oh, go, she's like, uh, she's new to the industry, you know, she's like an up and comer. So, yeah, she holds like the mid card title for now. Statlander, not so much. Like, I, sh- I feel like she has as much experience as Britt does, or uh, a lot. Of, okay. R- R- Ruby's a seasoned veteran, but um, yeah, a lot more than some of these other people. So, I never really know what to make of the TBS title. Chris is only our second tbs champion in the history of the belt so i guess she's got room to figure out what that is right now of all the women she has the best singles record in 2023 at 7-0 and uh like i said as if we record this she's defending tomorrow night against ruby at the pay-per-view i assume she's going to win there and move on to doing something else the question is yeah when jade was the champion the tbs title always existed in its own little Universe, and you never saw Jade cross paths with anybody else. So on Dynamite this week, when we had Chris teaming with Sheeta and Britt, and wrestling like Nyla and emmy Sakura, that was kind of interesting because it's like, oh, you never, you never see Britt Baker in the same ring as the TBS Championship or Sheeta. Yeah,
1: it was like a cinematic crossover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like Superman showing up to team with the Avengers. You're know, like, wait a minute. That's that's a different franchise.
1: Yeah, literally. I think, for me, it's still hard to see the TVS championship as anything other than the Jade belt. Because um, I think she just... It really felt like the belt was made for her. Um, to, like, elevate her as a um, competitor. And, like, the undefeated streak and how that went on way longer than I think it was intended to. It just very much... And, like, even, like, she looked like the belt. Um, like it's just, she owned it so much that when Chris won it, I had trouble adjusting, especially the nature of how Chris won. Um, cause it was the surprise comeback. Um, Jade is like cocky and gets the like second match and then it's a squash. And it's just like, I like, there wasn't closure, especially cause Jade then just disappeared. Um, and like I love, I love Chris that so much and I don't want people to take this as like I don't like her as a wrestler. I love her. Um, I just think it's hard for her to really come into her own as a champion with the limited booking uh, that she's been given and the lack of the identity for the TBS belt outside of Jade Cargo.
0: Yeah, we hear at Good and Clutter, I think everybody on our team adores Chris Statlander. Nobody has anything bad to say about her. But I know some of us on the team who like her wrestling a little bit, goofier and a little bit more fun and whatever, loved Galaxy's Greatest Alien, Chris Statlander, who would like flirt with Orange Cassidy on BTE. And they felt, I guess, like, oh, that's too minor league. We're going to strip that all away. And now she's just like a big, strong girl. And that's cool. But again, when they get such little TV time... They need, I feel like they need more characterization than that. You need something more to like spice things up. Her, her making her big return to TV after being away for a long time injured, beating Jade in 50 seconds to end undefeated who win the title. That all works. I appreciate all that. But you would think that the next logical step after that would be wait a little bit. Then Jade comes back and gets her rematch in a proper match. Not a 50 second match, like a proper, like, you know, 10 12 minute match. Presumably, at all in or at all out, you know? And instead, like you said, that was May. It's been four months now, and Jade hasn't been seen since. There were reports that she was thinking of, like, retiring from wrestling and going to do, like, modeling or something else. There was always speculation that WWE would love to snatch her up at the slightest moment. reports recently that she was backstage at dynamite a couple weeks ago and she's like going to be back soon but two pay-per-views have come and gone and she hasn't even been mentioned and i feel like that does her like undefeated streak more of a disservice than anything else and it it makes it makes chris's win feel less important too because yeah she hey i ended her undefeated streak but it's like I did it after she had already wrestled a match and I did it in 50 seconds and I haven't had a chance to prove that I could beat her in a real match.
1: Exactly. Like, Jade, I think, is supposed to be this, like, big, like, powerhouse, like, impossible-to-overcome challenge. Um, And Chris, kind of, I hate saying this, it felt like Chris got it easy. Um, And it should have been this, like, big, like, uh, like, you could have done, like, weigh-in segments because it's two, like, powerhouse women. Um, you could have really built that up as, like, a big fight. Uh, And instead, it was just, like, Here you your ego <laughs> Uh, And then also Jade kind of wants to leave, so that's, yeah. It just, it I think they sold it short. It should have been a really big
0: moment. That's the thing. I want to see a, an actual match between them because I want to see... What Jade's capable. I, throughout her entire run, I said like, okay, now I want to see her like in like a good match against like a good wrestler to see like, you know, what she's really capable of instead of these like 12 second squashes against other people. So I would love to see Jade and Chris at a pay per view in like a prominent spot. But the longer, the further we get from Double or Nothing, the further it feels like that's not going to happen. Like if Jade does return. She's just going to pop up on Dynamite one week and maybe she'll be a baby face now and she'll feud with Tony or something. And we'll like we'll never mention her and Chris or her in the TBS title again.
1: Yeah, literally. I think it also doesn't help that well, it doesn't help Tony Khan uh, that Jade Cargill very much seems like a woman who knows her worth. Um, and like whereas I think a lot of us will stick around and be like okay, maybe I'm not on TV every week, but I still want to prove myself on AEW. Um, Jade Cargill, I think, no, she doesn't need AEW as much as they need her. Um, Because she, like, you look at her and you're like, that's a a superstar.
0: Um,
1: And I think WWE knows that. (laughs) And I think Jade knows that. Um, And even, like, she was modeling before she came to AEW. Like, she she does not need this. Um, and I think Tony Khan needs to realize that it's very much like a you need to kind of meet her demands <laughs> or not have her. And like if they don't want to like invest like maybe the money she's asking for, whatever. Like, um. But then I don't want Tony Khan and AEW fans to be shocked if she shows up on WWE and it was all of a sudden like wrestling Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Like, you like you need to think. <laughs> about how to treat an asset as valuable as Jade Cargill, and I don't think Tony Khan is thinking that through.
0: Yeah, and if there's anybody who does know what she's worth, it's Cody. So you know he's over there talking to people and saying, like, I think we can bring her over, and I think we should. <laughs> if she's this good now, you know, give her three months at the performance center and see what happens.
1: They, I don't know what they're putting in the water at the center, <laughs> but the women that are coming out of there are crazy. Like, oh my god, Tiffany Stratton I think is um great and like uh soul blank Ivy Nile. I'm like blanking on names, but like they're making some really good wrestlers. <laughs> I think Jade would like um really own that space. Imagine Jade versus Rhea Ripley. <laughs>
0: There's so many, yeah. I'm not even a WWE fan, and there's so many dream matches.
1: It'd be great, yeah. I think Tony Khan kind of needs to be careful. It's also um, the rumors of Mercedes Monet signing with the AEW. Um, I'm just nervous because I think Mercedes has bet on herself and like knows she is worth money. Like that's literally her gimmick, <laughs> and like. If she does end up signing with AEW, I hope they give her a paycheck that's big enough uh to be worth her time. But, like, I kind of don't anticipate her being utilized to her full potential.
0: I don't see her signing with AEW. I think she's liking what she's doing right now with the freedom and being able to go to stardom and make headlines and go here and make headlines. I think, if anything, she comes in for, like a couple of appearances in the same way Tanahashi has or um, other, you know, other guest stars that we've had. Comes in for, like, like Osprey.
1: Yeah, that'd be ideal, I think. Especially because maybe she wants to pop over to Impact and uh, do a match with Trinity, like, you know, um, instead of wrestling the outcast every two weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, if there's anybody who knows they're worth it's mercedes because like she literally walked away from the biggest company in wrestling because of that because she said no i'm worth more than like meaningless take matches on raw
1: she's an
0: icon (laughs) all right working our way down the aw women's roster we're kind of into like i said we're into a bit of the mid card scene now the people where i don't really know where they stand willow nightingale sky blue beloved both wrestlers, huge fan bases, adored by uh, casuals and smirk fans alike, both featured a lot on, de- on uh, AEW this week, while simultaneously like wrestling a ton on ROH. So they're really blurring the, like, what is the, what's the difference between ROH and AEW? And I have that question, we'll get to that more later. Sky Blue... Uh, along with Ruby Soho, they have both wrestled 17 matches on AEW TV this year. That's the second most behind Tony. Like Sky Blue's top three most matches of any woman in AEW this year. Uh, now she's two and ten in singles action, so she's like the number one enhancement wrestler in AEW. But that says a ton right there that they have her wrestling. They've had her wrestling 17 times on Dynamite and Rampage and Collision, compared to someone like former champion, now the who's wrestled seven times.
1: Yeah, I I love Sky Blue. That's like saying water is wet at this point. <laughs> like, everyone, you bring up uh, Sky Blue and Willow and they just kind of smile and they're like, I love them.
0: Yeah, so the real utility players, I guess, you know, like, they, they're not getting these big storylines. They're not getting these pay-per-view matches. They were left off of all in, left off of all out. But, they'll be relied on weekly to wrestle a ton because everybody loves them, and, like, it puts heat on the outcasts when they steal another victory over them with spray paint and shenanigans.
1: I just don't want Tony Khan to exhaust that. And, like, soon it's gonna... I think it's almost already there, that, like, Sky Blue and Willow come out, and it's like, well, they're gonna lose, so I get invested. Um, It's, like... The fans want them to succeed, but Tony Khan is kind of showing that he's going to let that happen.
0: <laughs> Willow won the Owen Hart Cup, and then, you know, less than a month later, there are two pay-per-views, and she's not on either of them.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, what did that mean? Yeah, and what I'm does also-
0: it mean to win the cup?
1: Yeah, I'm also, I'm a huge Owen Hart fan, so, like, that, that hurts me, that they kind of down—they uh, do not really value that tournament—
0: now, I mean, one might argue this is exactly the kind of booking that Owen Hart got in his career. <laughs> That's the real tribute. Beloved beloved by the fans, great matches, not going anywhere and not winning any titles. But yeah, and so here's another example. We had a, a couple of weeks, like three, four weeks in a row there on a collision where we were building up this feud. Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez and Diamante. They had some tag matches, they had some singles matches, different combinations. The question was, heading into all-out and all-in, who's Stat going to defend against? Is it going to be against Mercedes Martinez? Is there going to be some sort of breakdown between her and Willow? Is it going to be her versus Willow at uh, the pay-per-view? And then instead, out of nowhere, they announced Stat versus Ruby Soho. And then this feud was seemingly dropped because there's been this didn't didn't happen on TV this week. And there's been no mention of Mercedes or Diamante, Diamante since.
1: Yeah. And that it sucks because I would love to see Diamante uh, given that like push and like given this, the chance to uh, fight on a pay-per-view. Um, but no, and even like Mercedes Martinez is, I think, very uh, underutilized. She is very, um, well, she's very experienced in wrestling. She also just has like, I don't, this is going to sound mean. She has like a mean look to her that I'm like, you're such a good heel. Because <laughs> you look evil. <laughs> and I'm sure she's a lovely person, but like her versus Chris would have been amazing.
0: Oh, I met Mercedes in person and she's, yeah, she's so nice. But yeah. she's she's consummate, she's seasoned, she's like the veteran, she can do everything. And yeah, she's at like the end of her career, she'll admit that herself, she's almost retired a couple of times in the past, but there's nothing that Samoa Joe is doing right now that Mercedes Martinez couldn't be doing. She would be being used in the exact same way Joe's being used, and Joe's wrestling on pay-per-views, Joe's holding gold in ROH, he's getting storylines of things to do, and Mercedes isn't getting any of that.
1: Nope. it's very much like Tony Khan was a fan of this person so now he was putting this person on pay-per-views um, whereas you can tell he didn't grow up watching women's wrestling he grew up watching uh, ECW and early Ring of Honor
0: That's the thing. sometimes I have to I tell myself I'm like okay this company was founded by people with backgrounds in New Japan ROH WCW PWG, like why did I think they would care about women's wrestling? None of those promotions.
1: I think the best hope you have would be Kenny because he loves uh, Joshi wrestling and has talked about how like he almost quit, but then like watching Joshi like reignited that passion in him. Um, and he tries when he's given the space, he tries to push uh, Joshi wrestling and like bring over like Japanese wrestlers. Um, but he just he doesn't. Gets the opportunity and then if you don't have kenny you don't have anyone <laughs> advocating for women in the like backstage capacity
0: yeah it feels like fairly regularly we get like a big signing of like some dude who's like wow this guy from form W guy for, like big time indie star guy he's coming to aw now that's cool we don't get that all that often with women. We don't get like big signings. We get like you know lesser known names, um, up and comers. And then when we do get one, literally I forgot she existed until she showed up on Rampage this week. Ty Valkyrie. Ty Valkyrie has signed former Knockouts champion, big star on Lucha Underground. She's wrestled 15 matches in AEW this year, which is near the top of the list, and I forgot she existed until this week.
1: Yeah, she's not taken very seriously, I
0: don't think. No, she's 8-6 and six in singles matches, which is like, as 50-50 as you, almost as 50-50 as you can get, right? She, like, she'll, for, there were a couple months there where it's like, she beat three enhancement wrestlers, and then she lost to, like, somebody credible. And then they started the this over again.
1: No, it it sucks. Yeah, that's why like the talk of maybe signing Mercedes. I'm like, I don't know if I trust you. I don't know if I trust you, Mr. Khan, uh, to have someone like Mercedes, uh, under contract because I think you'll like. What are you gonna have her? No, oh, they're gonna have the rematch with Soraya, and then it's gonna be painful as a Mercedes fan um like I don't, I don't I don't, I want Mercedes to do what she wants like ultimately if she's happy I'm happy but like I, from an outside perspective I'm like I don't know I don't know if I want you to go through this
0: so now we're into our lower card heels we've got Anna J. she's wrestled about nine times this year she's like two and five in singles records we've got nada rose if a new view, if you told New Viewer that she was a former champion, I don't know if you'd believe her, Nyla Rose's worst record of any woman in AEW this year at 0 and 5. And she's only she's only wrestled seven times on TV this year. Karen Jarrett has appeared on more episodes of AEW than Nyla Rose has this year. <laughs> then you got Nyla's sidekick, Marina Shafir. She's 0-4, second worst record. Of any woman in AEW this year, so they are really just like their cannon fodder to go out there once a month, put somebody over, and then come back. And Nyla is far too talented and creative to be doing that. Like give her, give her a like a pellet of something to work with, and she'll turn it into like a fire. She'll find a way to like make it interesting. She's too funny and too creative to do that but they don't give her anything anymore. They just send her out there to be somebody to be beaten.
1: Yeah, literally. I'm so glad that she's away from Vicky Guerrero. One, because I don't like Vicky Guerrero. I think she's a terrible person. And also because I think Naya's, when did I say Naya? Naya's, um, like, asset is her mouth. (laughs) she's so funny and like she's so good at promos cuz like even as a heel she's, like she's like this like goofy cartoonish villain and i love it so much um and then having her be talked for i think was a really big mistake um and then now that guerrero's gone she's just being used as like enhancement talent um when like she she should be feuding with Chris. <laughs> like that would be amazing. Um, but they're just not like if she's just
0: there. <laughs> Alien Chris Statlander feuding with like Sailor Moon villain Nyla Rose. It'd be so cartoonish and yeah. over the top, but in like a fun way that like people would people would be memeing the hell out of and like gifing the hell out of.
1: <laughs> no, because I Nyla would show up in like a space suit one day. Like she would, she would own it so much. Like, especially if you have like Marina Shafir as like the goofy sidekick, who like never really talks much, but like Nyla's like, go get her. Like, you know, like it would be funny. Um, but I, just, I don't think Tony Khan cares enough to think about how to utilize his women's division.
0: Speaking of, now we're down into like the lower, the lower cards of. uh the wrestlers on our roster. We've got Emi Sakura, legend, can do anything, credible wrestler. She's owned four this year. She's owned six in her career. She's never won a singles match on AEW TV ever. We've we've got the bunny. She's wrestled twice this year, but principally she just is a valet now for uh, the butcher on the blade. We've got Red Velvet. She's wrestled twice this year, but we haven't seen her since February. We don't know what's going on with Red Velvet. She doesn't appear to be injured from what I've read. We've got Riho, former champ. She hasn't been seen in AEW since April. I assumed it was because she was wrestling in Japan. Cage Match tells me, no, she hasn't wrestled anywhere since April. She isn't injured. I don't know what's going on with her or what she's doing. And then we got Julia Hart. Um, would you believe Julia Hart four and this year, undefeated? Same record as Soraya. You would think that would earn her like a TBS title shot or something.
1: You would think that would be another interesting match, like especially because you could get the best friends involved.
0: Best friends and House of Black at ringside.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and even like you could have Orange and Chris versus Julia and like Buddy in a mixed tag match. Yeah. But they just, like... I I love Julia, but I feel like she's also... It's weird because she's so present, but also kind of feels like we don't see enough of her in the ring, like, on her own. Not even on her own, just, like, as the competitor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, all these names, this is the main thing that really, like, irks us, right? It's not like we're looking at the roster and going, like, well, none of these women are interesting or good wrestlers, so no wonder they're not getting featured. It's like, all of these women are interesting. All of these mm. women could... You know, Julie Hart is not on the level of Hikaru Shida, but I'm sure she could be relied on to have a compelling 12-minute match on Dynamite one week against Statlander. Will that happen? Maybe. There's a chance that that might happen on Rampage one week. She might get a title shot and she'll lose. But I don't think it'll be built up to. I don't think it'll get, like... I think you know if that happens, it'll probably be announced on Wednesday and happen on Friday, and then it'll be done and over with. Where you could do a month, even a month, is all I'm asking. You know, first episode of the month, Julia calls out Stat and says she wants the title. Next week she wins an enhancement match. Next week they have some sort of physical conflict. Fourth week they have the match.
1: Literally, and and like Halloween's coming up. This is the perfect time (laughs) of spooky feud. Um, just literally, you could have Chris cutting a promo, and maybe you see like Julia Hart, like her like silhouette in the background, and it's like, it's like, ooh, jump scare. And like, you know, it could be so good. And then you could have like, um, best friends versus House of Black in like a trick or treat match. Like, <laughs> there's so much you could do there. Um, but Tony Khan isn't, he's just letting opportunities pass them by continuously. And then puts
0: Jeff Jarrett on TV instead. All right. As I said, 35 women on the roster. We are not done yet. Now we're down into the ROH field. as I said. ROH's identity, very unclear at this point in time. It's basically AEW dark, except it's ROH dark, except a lot of the AEW people don't wrestle on ROH anymore. You have somebody... So Athena is listed as being on the AEW roster, despite only wrestling one match for AEW this year. In ROH, she's 23-0, she's the face of the company, she's the most dominant champion in ROH. But she's only in ROH. At All In, we saw the ROH World Champion wrestle, we saw the ROH TV Champion wrestle, we saw the Tag Champs defend the titles. Athena wasn't invited to the party. (laughs) She's being left out in that way. And then you've got all these people like Mercedes Martinez, Diamante, Kira Hogan, Layla Gray, Layla Hirsch, Madison Rain. They're all listed as being on the AEW roster, but they're principally on ROH these days. But then you have women like Trisha Dora and the Renegade Twins, who are featured heavily on ROH, but aren't listed on the AEW roster. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of this means.
1: Yeah, you would think that they would just have a separate roster page. Um, And try to kill any overlap that remains uh, there.
0: (laughs) ROHWrestling.com has a roster page. It's 15 people. The only women listed are Athena and Mercedes Martinez.
1: Uh, And they're already signed to (laughs) AEW.
0: Yeah, according to ROH's official website, the only women in the company are Athena and Martinez.
1: I mean, it's a strong roster. (laughs)
0: It's it's a great starting point for a roster. It's hard to have it's, a two-woman yeah, roster. If
1: you to, yeah. It's just, like what about like Billy Starks? Um why not put her up there?
0: Yeah, she's, or, a, like, she's I, I love, over our wish, but she's not listed on AEW. Again, for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. And like Trisha Dora, Lady Frost, I love them so much and I would love to see them uh on that roster page. <laughs> may or may not be real <laughs> i know it's real but like or is it just up there because they're like we need a roster page um yeah it's just I mean, i've been shaking my head a lot because <laughs> <Fuck yes. laughs> i'm just in disbelief of like how much uh underutilization there is in aw and ring of honor
0: all right, that's 26 women down, nine more to go. There are nine more women on the AEW roster. If I gave you an hour to name them all, I don't think you'd be able to. I am Abaddon. We've got Thunder Rosa. She's injured. She is expected to be back soon, and she's probably going to be involved in the TBS title picture, wrestling mostly on collision when she returns. We've got Penelope Ford. She hasn't wrestled a match in a year. She's mostly just a ballet for her husband, Kip Sabian now. We've got Harley Cameron, who's valeting for QTV. She is a wrestler. She's wrestled on AEW Dark in the past, but nothing recently. We've got Ty Mello, who is, of course, pregnant and away from the ring due to that. And we've got Rebel, who uh, appeared on a couple episodes of TV this year, but I think she mostly works backstage these days, doing makeup and things like that.
1: Okay. Yeah, I know Penelope has had... um like she suffered a miscarriage um and like she I, like I I'm, I'm kind of when you talk of, when we talk about um underutilized, underutilized women I'm kind of like I don't know if it's no. <laughs> like she was underutilized but now it's especially like this could be a health thing um okay instead yeah, I didn't know of this about that. shitty okay. yeah um yeah and but Thunder! Oh, I love Thunder Rosa. I I will get <laughs> will get into fights online. <laughs> Oops. Like I um and like I feel like she has. It's not even underutilized. It's mistreated <laughs> by AEW, um, and not directly by Tony Khan, but I think because of Tony Khan's neglect. Um, because I think. The AEW women's roster, at least a group of, like, five of them, has a tendency to act very much like a high school. Um, and Th- Thunder Rosa became a target for no fault of her own. And it's it just sucks to see that, like, lingering damage to her reputation, which I don't think is deserved at all.
0: No, and I think if she gets a chance to thrive on Collision with Statlander and Willow and Sky Blue and Mercedes Martinez, then that'll be she'll really thrive there.
1: I think people forget how much she helped out AEW when she was first introduced. Because like remember um it was her versus Sheeta at all out in twenty twenty? And I just like I remember it was the Matt Hardy injury and like the momentum of the show felt like it was brought to like a dead halt because you had a guy sustain sustained a concussion and then they carried on with the match and it was just so awkward and painful to watch. Um, And then you have Sheeta and Thunder Rosa come out and they put on an amazing match and it like brings life back to the show. <laughs> and like since then she was just so like important um i really felt like when they brought her in they injected this new um like energy into the division um and then the like her injury as champion and then the interim nonsense and then the rumors uh it just sucked so much to see so i would be very happy (laughs) to see her be able to shine on collision um i'm sure her and chris is a good match but i'm not sure who would Be the heel because I feel like it would have to be Thunder Rosa, but they could just do a baby face versus baby face match. AW does that,
0: yeah. The, um, the TBS title picture in my head is looking very like baby face, so I don't know. Maybe that's a chance, maybe that's an opportunity for Emi Sakura and Nyla Rose to be given something to do and, and a chance to step up and be like, I'm gonna be the, the top heel on Collision,
1: yeah. That'd be good. Um, I also, this is. Um where it shows that I was introduced to wrestling from New Japan. I really don't mind <laughs> was having baby faces um be like I remember there's a stretch in uh twenty twenty where like a a lot of the heels were uh like outside of Japan and couldn't compete. So it's just a lot of wrestler comes out and it's like, Hey, I like this champion. I wanna fight him because I like him and then the champion would come out and be like, I like you too, let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, like, very content to watch that kind of content. Um, So, like, if that is Chris vs. Thunder, then, like, sure.
0: All right, 31 women down, four to go. Last four women on my list are women—well, sorry, three women and one non-binary wrestler who have— None of these four have appeared on any AEW programming in 2023, and we don't know what that means. Serena Deeb, we assume she's injured because nobody has seen her since October, and she was featured heavily last year before she got injured. So that seems to be the only thing that would make sense. Abaddon, as you said, they were injured. They returned from injury in May, wrestled two matches on AEW Dark. In May and June they haven't been seen since. Don't know what that means. Yuka Sakazaki was wrestling full-time in Japan for TJPW, is currently injured, but exciting thing, Yuka has announced that she's moving to America in January and she's going to be wrestling a lot in America next year. Now, Best case scenario, that would be full-time for AEW and also doing independent dates, like um, Willow does, and uh, I don't know who else on the AEW roster still wrestles on the indies, but there's some people for sure. Emmy, and she'd always go and wrestle in Japan still, so yeah, that would be the best case scenario for me, would be that you to do some indie work while still wrestling like regularly for AEW. And last name on our list, Paige Van Zant is listed on AEW uh, roster. I believe her. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't appeared in AEW since May 2022, almost a year and a half. She's only wrestled one match since being with AEW, but she's on the roster page while uh, Trisha Dore and Lady Foster are <laughs> <laughs> I kind of
1: assumed Paige left. Because like, <laughs> I know she has a lot of other things going for her. Um, like, I think she's another... Um, Jade type, where it's like she doesn't really need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, I that's that's weird. I didn't even. I completely. Now I'm thinking about the Men of the Year the feud and what a mess that was. Now I'm blanking again. Avadon, I love and I want them to be featured. Um, especially this is again a Halloween season. Come on, this is
0: perfect. <laughs> yeah, give us like a give us like a creepy like supervillain stable, you know? Give me Nyla and Marina, Emmy and Abaddon, and they're all just, like, working together. They're all, like, you know, looking like they're going to fight the Power Rangers. They've all got, like, over-the-top outfits and different street. but Except Marina. Marina looks like just <laughs> a person off the street like who was hired by private security by these, like, monsters. So, yeah, the one,
1: like... And she can wear her silly straw hat again. That'd be so cute. Um... Yeah, or even like do like a vignette where like Julia Hart summons a demon and it's Avedon. <laughs> like, you know, um, I feel like there's a lot of like this like campy, um, vignette for t- potential like before you even get into matchups. Um, yeah, Serena Deeb, I assume is a coach. I know there is talk of her maybe joining Blackpool Combat Club and that seems like it's out of the picture.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming she's injured because nobody's seen her since October. Although there's a very good chance that she's wrestling, or like, yeah, coaching, working backstage too.
1: I, I am admittedly not a big fan of Serena Dee because of her husband. So do I mind not seeing her on TV? Uh, no, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that she is... Gone missing just completely.
0: And that is that. That is the, all. Thirty-five women signed to the AEW roster. Noteworthy, I guess. I want to say out of those thirty-five, Ty Valkyrie is like the only person who joined this year. I don't think there's been anybody else new in a long time. After before her, it probably was, would have been Seraya.
1: How long has Seraya been in AEW?
0: Three weeks from now will mark one year. It was September twenty-first of last year that she debuted at AEW Grand Slam.
1: I, okay, yeah, because I saw her live. I saw the like the <laughs> the promo where she's like, "Your name rhymes with shit." I the, that was in Philly. <laughs> um, but it feels like she hasn't. It feels like she's still new and is like waiting to do something, even though she's champion. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because what has she done since joining? She formed the outcasts, and then they did the same thing every week for five months. Maybe longer.
1: I think they need to bring back the Nightmare Collective and have them feud with the outcasts.
0: Oh, but it's... See what happens. But it's Nightmare with a K, because she's Surya Knight. Oh. The Nightmare Collective.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. That, yeah.
1: I... Justice for Nightmare Collective, honestly, I was, I was rooting for that. And, like, it wasn't good, but, like...
0: For them, for Randy, like stealing a box of hair?
1: Yes! At least she was doing something. <laughs> like, I just remember they cut the commercial when they were shaving Mel's head, and I was like, oh, they don't like this gimmick at all. They do not... They're not putting anything behind them, so, like, it's obviously not going to succeed. Um... It was just, I, and I liked Brandy's funny little hat, and, like, <laughs> it was just, like, at least they're trying. <laughs> no. R.I.P. Nightmare
0: Collective. Well, All Out is this weekend, was this weekend by the time you listened to the podcast. October 1st is Wrestle Dream in Seattle. November 18th is Full Gear in Inglewood, California. Those are our next Big pay-per-views for the end of the year. We'll see, I guess, if we get more than one women's match any of those. We'll see who Saray defends against, who Chris Statlander moves on to if she's done with Ruby Soho, if anybody new shows up, if anybody gets anything to do. When Rosa returns. There's so much potential on the roster. There's so many talented women. There's so many, like as we went through this past hour, so many matches that could be great. Feuds that could be great if you just give them a little bit of promo time and you give them like something to do, could be interesting. Love to see that. Give me a Julie Hart goth stable, give me Ishida just like beating the hell out of people,
1: whacking wow, people. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you got babyface Yuka Zakazaki coming in in three months, and come on, you know, she could put her up against anybody. I do not feel confident about Soraya as like the top champ. In the promotion, I don't think she can go at the level that she needs to, to be like a top champion anymore. But maybe it's transitionary, maybe, or probably not. She's probably going to hold it until like February when Jamie gets back, eh? Probably. And she'll, just, she'll feud with Tony for like three months and she'll feud with Ruby for three months and then we're there.
1: What if she holds it until the next all of
0: <laughs> Just one year, just doing the Jade Cargill thing of just like 30 second matches for a year. Yes. Yeah.
1: I also, they like, the, real quick, just the spot of like, oh no, you're going to hurt Soraya's neck. It's like you're in a wrestling match. Literally. This is like, if you don't want to, if that's a problem, then like, why are you wrestling? Of course you're going to. Like, it, I don't get that. I don't get why Tony Storm was like, how dare you wrestle your friend in a wrestling match? Like, it was so stupid. I I do not have my hopes.
0: We don't see Wheeler or Yuta, like, jumping in front of Danielson during matches, saying, no, his head. Yeah. Like, no, he's <laughs> a wrestler. Like, he's like, hit me in the effing head. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it, the,
1: like, the only time that that makes sense is, like, remember the goofy Young Bucks match on BTE? Um it was Matt versus Nick and Nick was like I'm going to attack his back. <laughs> it's like there makes sense cuz they're brothers and it's on a YouTube show. But like yeah, it's it's just so I don't just fight your friends.
0: that is our show thank you for listening everybody come back next week for another episode of Grit and Glitter you can support us on Twitter Instagram or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod if you support us on Patreon $1 a week gets you $1 a month gets you a weekly newsletter written by your friends in the Glitterati $5 a month gets you bonus podcasts like Women's Wrestling Entertainment the series M and I do where we trace the history of women in WWE and archive contents Like our uh, season three episode where we broke down the AEW women's division back in July 2020 and talked about how it was a bummer that they only get one match on TV every week. (laughs) Lizzie, where can people find you and support you online?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm not calling it the stupid new name. Uh, Lizzie Flanagan underscore. Um... That's really the only social media I use. I have a Tumblr blog, but it's an Aquaman fan. <laughs> so, uh, really just the Twitter. <laughs> thank you.
0: All right. That is our show. Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us. You have to come back sometime when M is here and healthy. Of course. I, think, yeah, I, this is fun. I think you two have a lot to talk about. You can do an hour just on the Golden Levers. Yes. Oh, my God. I would love that. In the meantime... And, uh, next week marks the season premiere of Wow Superheroes out of California. Our good friend Ray Lynn's little promotion out there. In honor of the season premiere of Wow, M and me are going to be rewatching the very first episode of The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, the original glow from 1986. We're going to watch that for next week's episode, and we're going to be joined by another new friend because it's September and it's back to school month here at Grid and Glitter.